Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Podcast Rescue. I'm your host, Cliff Duvenois, and welcome to the 2022 uh, Christmas edition that I'm calling it. Something extra episodes that I will be releasing throughout uh, the month of December. And what I wanted to do is I want to share some things that are going on, a little bit of a story that's unfolding right in front of my eyes. Big things are happening. And if you are on the email list, you are already privy to this because I've been sharing a lot of these details on there. And this podcast episode or these series over the next couple of weeks are going to be doing much more of a deep dive. And what I want to do is I want to share with you some of the things that are going on and a lot of the lessons that I am learning. So if we take a step back in time, uh, it was probably about three years ago, I had left California moved back to Michigan. And when I left California, I really did leave my network behind. I had a group of people out there that were just, you know, absolutely amazing. And they thought at a really high level and it was just, you know, great. But I knew that coming back to Michigan, that my, my world and my network was going to shift. It was going to change. And one of the things that I know from experience is that, of course, obviously, I am a huge advocate of podcasting, and I believe that podcasting is the ultimate relationship building tool. Well, what I decided to do was start a podcast. I didn't have any real expectations for it uh, to do anything big, but I knew that having a podcast was going to allow me to get in front of a lot of people very quickly and to really start building out a very powerful network. This became a focus for me because all throughout my life, whenever whenever big things, whenever big changes have happened in my life, it is because of my network, because somebody can either help me or they can point me to somebody that can help me. There's introductions to be made, whatever. And so again, time and time again, like these major points in my life where these big shifts have happened has been because of my network. So I started this podcast and it was a Michigan-based podcast that I know that's a little bit big as far as geography was concerned, but I really didn't want to limit myself, so to speak. I wanted to keep all of my options open because Michigan is very geographically diverse. You can be in the middle of a metropolitan area and then within just a few miles, you are literally in the countryside. So I start this podcast and I get it out there and I had been doing interviews for quite a while. And of course, COVID hit during this time. So a lot of the interviews that I did had to be done online, but I always enjoyed the interview. I always enjoyed hearing the stories behind some of these businesses, uh, these places, these locations, some of them I had been going to for years and I never really understood the story of the people that were behind it. You know, what were the challenges that they faced? How did they overcome those particular, you know, challenges. And so as I'm, you know, asking questions and getting better at perfecting my craft, getting more and more interviews with, with these entrepreneurs, uh, I really did start to grow a community and people were telling me quite frequently, as a matter of fact, that, wow, you know, your, your podcast has really opened up my eyes to a lot of things that are going on within Michigan, right? You helped me to create more memories for my family. You know, one gentleman in particular reached out to me because he said, wow, because of your podcast, you know, I never even knew that Michigan had a car museum. And my dad, you know, and his dad's in his 80s, 
his dad's a huge car guy. So he's like, I'm going to take my dad over to this car museum because it sounds like really super cool. And those stories really touch me. And I'm glad that, you know, I'm, I am making a difference in, in people's lives. You know, and I think that really at the end of the day, that's what we all want. We all want to have a positive impact on the, the world around us, you know, whatever form that might take. Right. And of course, as entrepreneurs, we want to get paid for it. So there you go. Anyways, this podcast gets launched and, and I think it was about maybe 10 episodes in when I actually had my first sponsor reach out to me and say, hey, we would like to sponsor episodes of your podcast. And this really took me aback because I was like, I was only 10 episodes deep, but I was like, well, you know, let me think about this and let's, let's see what can happen. Because really at the end of the day, I wasn't looking for sponsors. I was just looking for something to put out there. Well, moral of story is, is that going through that experience taught me a lot. And it has been something that I've used repeatedly throughout the life of that podcast to obviously get the podcast to basically pay for itself, you know, pay for the hosting and pay for my equipment and pay for the software and all this other stuff. And it, it's, it's turned out to be an absolute real blessing. And I have helped many of my clients to get that same experience through sponsorships, not having 10,000 people listening to your show. You can make money with your podcast just because you have a podcast. Well, anyways, there was a few times where the podcast uh, ground to a halt, and I'll probably go into more stories about that in the future, but you know, needless to say, I would get like maybe you know, I think at that, uh, when I initially started it, I made it up to maybe 40 episodes or 45 episodes when I stopped doing the podcast and the podcast kind of sat for maybe about eight or nine months, really didn't do anything. And then events in my life shifted and I started off, you know, with, I basically said it was season two and I did a bunch more episodes there, but then once again, life happened and I literally took a year off because I went through some very, very dark things. I mean, within a span of three months, I had lost, you know, my brother. And then the next month, my fiance and I split. And then the following month, my dad passed away. So I was in a dark place for the better part of a year. Now, when 2023 rolled around, I was really wondering to myself, you know, because I still had the podcast, I was still paying for the hosting that was out there. People were still, I was shell-shocked to learn that, you know, I was getting hundreds of downloads of episodes of my podcast every single week. And I hadn't put out a new episode in forever and a day, but people were still finding it. People were still listening to it. So I thought, well, maybe there's something here. So you know, once again, as usual, as I was starting to think about, you know, what I want to do with season three, I had somebody else reach out to me and say, Hey, we would like to sponsor episodes of your podcast, which is great. You know, I absolutely loved it. And so that was kind of fortuitous for me to get the ball rolling and to start getting and making interviews happening. Plus at the same point in time, uh, I had just started laying the foundation to start doing podcast coaching to be able to help people. But what happened in the middle of all this, when I was starting to put these things together, was that I had had some health problems earlier this year, and I went and saw my doctor. My doctor said to me, well, let's start checking off boxes, right? It's either a problem with your head or with your heart. So I was doing test after test after test, and it was just you know, absolutely annoying. And one time I went to the doctor. 
and I had just had this test done, and it was it was a CTA scan. And what a CTA does is it literally takes pictures or photos or video or whatever it is of the blood flow around your heart. He just wanted to make sure that my heart was you know, functioning normally, that I was getting blood like I should. And so when I went into the doctor's office, I was half expecting that, you know, it would just be, he would just tell me everything is fine. Right. I'm, I'm physically, I mean, I'm in really good shape. I, I jog quite frequently, uh, probably three or four times a week. Um, I love to do pull-ups. I'm in, you know, I feel great. I feel fantastic. So when I went into the doctor's office and spoke with him, he said, you know, your, you know, blood work, everything else came back fine, but we found, and it's called, uh, an incidental finding. We found that you have a 1.1 centimeter nodule on your lung. Of course, my first thought is that this is cancer. And he actually said to me that they wanted to do more tests to find out exactly what it was. But even he started acting and talking like it was cancer. I mean, he told me, he's like, yeah, I've already been in contact with some uh, lung cancer specialists throughout the state of Michigan. We're already starting to talk about your case and what are the next steps that we need to do. I, I was blown away. I mean, like they, they always show in the TV shows and the movies when somebody gets that cancer diagnosis, you're going to die, whatever it is, there's always that ringing that goes on in the ears and they don't hear anything. Man, that's actually pretty true. That's actually accurate. That is not Hollywood embellishing at all. Now, I didn't have the ringing in my ears, but I don't remember anything he said. All I heard was 1.1 centimeter nodule. He referenced cancer, and then that was it. I don't remember much of anything after that. I remember I was pretty numb when I left his office, and I remember when I was checking out, and the lady said, okay, we're going to schedule you for uh, a test uh, to you know, look at, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever it is. And I just remember, I, I, I knew I wasn't going to remember dates. I knew I wasn't going to remember time. I just asked her point blank. I said, is somebody going to call me with this information? And she said, yes, don't worry. We, we, will, we will take care of you. I will be in contact with you as well. I've been assigned to work specifically with you. Great. You know, that made me feel a lot better. Now, during this time, there was about a six-week window where we didn't know what it was. And I was having to wait for tests because obviously I'm not the only person on the planet getting these tests done. So I had to wait for the test and the test results to come in and more blood work to happen and then schedule a follow-up appointment with my doctor. So there was like a good six-week window where I was living in this limbo state. And needless to say, during that time, especially when it first started, it was extremely hard for me to even function. Like I would just get up and I would sit in front of my computer and I would stare at the screen for hours. And I remembered that I was thinking to myself, you know, Cliff, you can't, you can't keep doing this and you, know, you just can't keep looking at your computer, but I didn't know what to do. Cause I really didn't feel like doing anything. Well, a little voice inside of my head asked a very simple question, Cliff, do something that makes you happy. So what do you know that you do that makes you happy? And so that's what I did. And there's two things that I did. I would write cause I absolutely love to write. I love writing. I write all the time. The next thing I love to do is podcasting, right? And to me, those two, those two things to me just go hand in hand. And so that's what I focused on. That's what I went all in on. And if it didn't fit within those two windows, I just tabled it. 
I put it off to the side. And I said, you know what? I will either worry about that later or that's not really important right now. Because, you know, the thing is, is that when you are faced with your own mortality, every minute you have becomes that much more precious, becomes that much more valuable. So for me, I wanted to spend my time doing those things that I absolutely, truly loved. Now, I know some people would say, oh, well, I would want to travel and, you know, I would want to do this. I would want to do that. But it was interesting how my brain instantly went to writing and podcasting. Now, this is actually part of my core mission, my why, right? Because I really do want to impact people that are out there, right? I really want to, to help them to be able to you know, achieve the success that they want to inspire them to do great things. So I don't find it a coincidence that, you know, my why came into play and then I started to focus on writing and podcasting. But there was another thing that came into my life and that was focus. I had never been more focused in my entire life than I was during that six weeks. Because as I said before, when, when you start to think about your time being finite, all of a sudden everything becomes much more precious, right? So that's what I did. And my focus was razor, razor sharp. Now, at some point in time, I, I met with the doctor shortly before my birthday, uh, this last July. And he said to me, you know, good news, Cliff, you don't have cancer. Right. But it wasn't the fact that I didn't have lung cancer. It was the fact that I didn't have cancer anywhere in the body. The test that they sent me in for uses this, this slightly radioactive sugar isotope because cancer loves sugar. And so what they do is they inject it in your bloodstream. And it should, if you don't have cancer, you should, when they look at you underneath of this light or this, this scanner, then you should be all the same brightness of color, right? Because this light can detect the radioactive uh, sugar in your bloodstream. If you have cancer, the cancer is going to like suck up that sugar. And what it is, is you will see these really bright spots on the film. These usually bright spots are an indicator that you've got cancer. So for me, I showed that I didn't have cancer anywhere in my body. That's a beautiful thing for that test. I think anybody over the age of 50, it should be a requirement for them to go get this test done because I wonder how many cases of cancer we could actually avoid or actually treat or catch early. So anyways, I digress. I like my Christmas wish to the world, right? I wish everybody could get that test. So it took me a couple of days to, to actually calm down from, from getting the results of that and to, to say, okay, Cliff, you, you've really been given a second chance here. What is it you want to do? And I already knew, right? I was doing everything that I was passionate about, which was writing and podcasting, those two things. I couldn't have been more happier. But that focus stayed with me. And the thing is, I didn't want to lose that focus, right? I think it's like anybody that's gone through any kind of a health scare, whatever it is, they'll tell you the same thing. It's amazing how clear everything becomes, how everything that's really, truly important stays important and how everything else just kind of gets booted off to the side. So I already knew for me that, you know, I loved writing. I read podcast. I loved podcasting. And between those two, I remembered looking at this little side podcast that I was doing, right? And I was making money on it. I got sponsors coming in. I'm doing these interviews. I'm sharing these amazing stories about these amazing people. You know, I still get people that contact me like, wow, man, I really love that last episode. And holy cow, this is really awesome. And then I started thinking to myself, I wonder if I, if I had that chance, right? 
what would I do to go big, right? What would that be? What would that look like? And I just remember like thinking to myself over the weeks that followed, right? What is it that, you know, that what what would it take for me to go really big, to get that podcast out, out in front of not, you know, a few hundred people, but maybe tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people, right? I love asking these types of big questions because before that point in time, it's been rare that I would actually think that big. So what happened was I went and I did an interview with a gentleman for my side podcast. Absolutely phenomenal, amazing person. And if anybody had any reason to give up on life, it would be him. He was born dyslexic and he went to school back in the 1950s, the 1960s. Back then, if you had dyslexia, educators and most people for that matter would just consider you dumb. Now, if you've read Richard Branson's autobiography, Losing My Virginity, then you know that he has dyslexia as well. And he was talking about how when he was a kid going to, you know, private school, he could not read. And so they were every week, they would literally cane him because he couldn't read. So this is the state of affairs of schools back in the 50s and 60s. And now, of course, we completely understand more or better what dyslexia is. They've got programs to teach people with dyslexia how to actually start to read. So, but back then in the 50s and 60s, right? Ah, you were stupid. You were dumb. And so all throughout his entire schooling career, he was repeatedly told that he was dumb. He was stupid. He was never going to mount to anything. You know, his life was just, you know, basically over. And at some point in time, he just said, you know what? I'm done with school. And he quit school. But the thing is, he actually had a dream. And his dream was that he wanted to have a life like Henry Ford. Now, Henry Ford was pretty good, you know, mechanical person. And this was something that uh, the gentleman I interviewed, his name was Terry. Terry's like, well, you know what? I can do this too, right? So he decided that he was going to become an inventor, like one of his heroes, Thomas Edison. So he goes off and he says, I'm going to start inventing things. Now he gets his first patent at the age of 18, right? So when most of his, you know, uh, I guess, uh, you know, other kids his age at 18 were just graduating high school. He already had his first patent. Now he would go on to file many more patents before he finally found a patent that somebody, you know, he could actually make this product, produce it, and people would pay him for it. Of course, he has now gone on. He has a $35 million business, which is absolutely incredible. They are seeing double digit growth every single year based off of his patented invention. I mean, it's it's absolutely crazy. Now, I love his story because once again, it's about somebody overcoming something, some insurmountable odds, and yet they see success in life because they just didn't give up. He very easily could have given up at any single point in time in his life, but he chose not to. Right now, him, uh, he and his daughter, 
His daughter actually runs more of the company now. He's more of the, the dreamer guy. Like, what new inventions can we come up with? How else can we apply this? But his daughter literally runs the company. I did this interview with him, and it was amazing, right? It was great. And I'm packing up all my gear, all of my stuff. And as I'm packing up the gear, you know, and he's like, like just sitting there looking at me as I'm doing it. And I'm kind of making some small talk. And he says, you know, he says, I don't think you understand just how powerful your, what you're doing is. And of course I thought to myself, you know, who's he kidding? This is my podcast, right? I understand exactly what it is that I'm doing. So I looked at him and I said, oh, I think I got a pretty good idea. He goes, I don't think you do. And I'm like, oh, I think I do. Right. So anyways, the interview's over. I'm in the car driving home afterwards. And then all of a sudden I had a thought go through my head. What if he could see something that I can't, right? What if he spotted something there that I'm missing? Because oftentimes when we're in the middle of something, we don't actually get to see the big picture. We are so wrapped up in the weeds that we don't take a step back and take a look at the entire map. And so from there, as I continued to drive home and I really started thinking about what he had said to me, I realized that this might be an opportunity because obviously with him being this successful, he is very connected. He's also a very strategic thinker. So what would it hurt for me to sit down and to pick his brain and to look at him or say to him, you know, I have this vision of what my podcast could really be. And maybe, just maybe, he could help me. Next week, I'm going to share with you the meeting that I had with Terry and the wonderful things that I learned from it. And with that being said, I'm going to draw this episode to a close. I hope you all have a phenomenal weekend, and I'll catch you in the next episode. <laughs>